ago. No hello moto. Uh, yeah, right. Okay, so we're on um, Tesvav 15b. Um, let's start again from a paragraph up. Tanan Hassam, we learned over there. Omer Lahem Amamuna. So there was somebody in charge. Again, we don't, uh, we don't know who he was and who put him in charge, but they had to have people in charge. There were, they, the base of English was not random. There was, a, there was a very strong system to it. So the appointed one said, okay, now it's time to get the lamb. So uh, say, go out, and bring a lamb. I don't know who he told this to. He probably had uh, certain kohanim that were on duty that did this. Go and get, time to get the lamb from the Liskus Bezetelayim, from the special room uh, that, where they keep these lambs. Now, they had to have been put there ahead of time and observed, as Rashi said, because they had to make sure they weren't blemished. Now, where was the lamb? It was in the northwest corridor over there. And in that special place, you had actually four rooms. One was the lamb room. One was the room where they kept the seals. That was the, um, when you would come into the base of Migdash, you would uh, need to have liquids with your offering. And you didn't, uh, you needed to know how, many, how much liquids, depending on what kind of offering. So you would go to the, over there and you would uh, pay money for your libations. And you would be given a uh, seal, which you would then bring uh, when you brought your offering, which would indicate how much they, they would give you. That was called the seal room. And then you had the fireplace room. We talked about how cold the floors were, uh, that the Kohanim would warm up in the fireplace room. We'll see more later on what else they did in that room. And then you had the bakery. Uh, not so much. I don't know. The room where they made the showbread. Now, Vriminhu. So now this is the question of the moment. Are you telling me that's where the lamb room was in the northwest? Vriminhu, five lines from the bottom. Didn't we learn in a Gemara called Midos? It's a Mishnah. There are four different rooms that open up into the fire room. Again, the fire room is that area there. Um, where you kept the heat, the heat, Kiktoni Trachlan. And these were like small rooms that open off a big room. Shtayim Bekodesh, Vishtayim Bekol. Two of them were over the line. They were actually in the Azara, in the base of Migdash, and two were not in the base of Migdash. They were on the outside. And the way to tell was Varosha Pishpushim. Uh, the, uh, the, the, the building jutted out a little bit. You could, you could tell where the holy section ended, Bain Kodesh Lechol. Uh, within the base Amigdish area, for example, you weren't allowed to sit down. But if you went uh, uh, behind the line, then you could put a chair and you could sit down, right? In other words, you had to know where was holy, where was, where was the dividing line. And uh, I guess that's the significant about what took place in the holy part and what took place in the non-holy part. So, um, and where was that? It was in Maravius Dromius. It was in the southwest. So we got a big problem. We said it's in the northwest, and this view is um, in the southwest. Which one is it? Right. Discussing whether they're allowed to be in the holier section. Uh, we'll get. We, we may get to that later, but we're not discussing that now. It's just a question of which, where was the section? Where was the land room? The northwest or the southwest? Uh, so, um, so we're going to finish off the question. But it sounds like a different view. <laughs> it can't be. You can't have two land rooms. Is, and is it in the northwest or the southwest? So now this view it goes in. So he Ilishkas Tlea Corbin, this is where they kept the lambs that were used for the Corbin. And where was that? Dromius Mizrachis and um and in the 
southwest, that's Lishka Shaosim, that's where they made the showbread. Mizrahi, Safonis, and the, um, in the northeast, that's where Gonzu Bez Chashmunai Abne Mizbeach. This, uh, now we have a description of something that we didn't talk about before, uh, and the reason was that there wasn't this need for it. When the Chashmunoim retook the Beis Hamikdash uh, after the Greeks had defiled it, they found that the Greeks had offered sacrifices to the idols on our Mizbeach. And uh, once the, the Mizbeach of Hashem had been used for idols, it just didn't feel right to use it for Hashem anymore. They, I mean, there was swine, pigs offered to statues on top of the Mizbeach, uh, human sacrifice, whatever they did. Unbelievable what they did up there. So what they did was they disassembled the Mizbeach, uh, but the problem was that it was used wholly all those years. So uh, it needed to go in a special place where it wouldn't be profaned. So they, they put it in the seal room, the room where they gave out the seals. I guess they found a storage uh, shed over there. And so that was the place. Uh, the pagan kings had messed it up. And so they, they put it in that, uh, that particular room. Safonis Maravis, and then in the northwest, that was where they went. Um, now, uh, we, we just talked about the fire room. Why did they need a fire? Because when you go to the mikveh and you're all wet, you need to dry off. So they dried off in the, uh, uh, that was in, in the fire room, was near there. Okay. So, so the bottom line is we have this big contradiction. Over there in Nidos, it's got it as the southwest, and we got it as the northwest. Which one? Where is the lamb room? So uh, the Gemara answers, um, uh, The answer is there's two opinions. And uh, over there, it's going right, ben Yaakov. Uh, and so that solves all the problem. Once there's two opinions, they can argue. And there, uh, there's a different opinion about where things were. Uh, where do you see that? So now the Gemara is going to show, uh, how, how do you just say that that's following that opinion? you actually have to show from the Gemara over there that it was going like that rabbi. So that's what the Gemara now is going to do, is show us that the Gemara over there, the Mishnah over there in Nidos, was following with Lotsam and Yaakov. It's not, we learned over there. Now over there, they, they, we get a discussion about what was known as the Ezra's Nashim. Today, when we talk about the women's section, uh, we think of all, all the women are there and the men aren't there. That, that wasn't the Ezra's Nashim in the Beis Hamikdash. Even though it was used for the women, that was at certain times, but there were other functions that took place in the Ezra's Nashim. Uh, it's somewhat like what we do during the week when the women aren't there. We've got a lot of stuff going on in the women's section. So uh, they also had a lot of stuff going on in the women's section. But uh, So th- this is what it says. What was the size of that part of the Beis Hamikdash known as the Ezra's Nashim? And uh, by the way, we have this... Uh, there's a, there is a, um, uh, we, uh, we daven in the way Hashem wants us to daven to him. And he told us through the prophets in the Beis Amigdash how he wants us to daven. Uh, the men and women were always separate. You know, it's not, a, it's not something we make up. You know, it goes all the way back. And we can't just say, well, I think we pray together better if I could sit next to my wife. No, the, that's not how they did it in the Beis Amigdash. They had a women's section. So, at any rate, as Nashim Aisa Orek, what was the size? Mayavishloshim Vichamesh, 135. Al by 135. And in the women's section, there were four rooms in the four corners. So, what was in those rooms? 
this is a, a different discussion. We were, again, on our previous page, we were talking about uh, the rooms of the lamb and the other and the and the room of the bakery and the room of the fire. And uh, those were all in the in the, a different part of the base of Migdish. Now we're talking about the rooms that were in the women's section. Different different place. If you look on the map, it's very clear uh, that it's a different um, different spot. Yeah, actually, yeah. Thank you. That so uh, that's on the right is the women's uh, court. And um, let's see if we can. Uh, this um, the this is the women's. This is the base of English. This is the women's section. And then these are the four rooms that we're talking about here. Before, we were talking about four rooms up here. So it's two, two, two four. When we're down, even the only thing it has in common is both of them have four, but it's a totally different four. So what are these four rooms? Uh, so, is, that all, is that all on the same floor, or are that two separate floors? Same, uh, same floor, uh, but it's, uh, it's all spread out, yeah. So... Uh, what was what do they do in those four rooms? So uh, number one, uh, there were four rooms not, on the four corners. My Meshadromis, the southwest, Hanizirim. That was the Nazar room. Uh, now Nazars were a big thing. We don't have Nazars today. Uh, Nazars were people that uh, are ever tempted Chasvisholom in sin, and uh, want to be careful, and they want Hashem to protect us. And uh, this is the idea that we all have temptations and we have to learn uh, ahead of time if we ask Hashem for help, we can get control of those temptations. So Nazars uh, were people that were either tempted by drinking or by other temptations. So they would take a vow to let their hair grow long and they would stay away from wine. And then they would bring a special offering where they were asking Hashem to help them with their Yetzirah. So they had to have a special room because they brought special offerings, and they also needed to get a haircut in the base of Middash. So, uh, so this is what was going on. So they had the special Nazar room. Over there, they cooked their offerings. And they got a haircut. Now, they put their hair, on, they cooked their offering with their hair. <laughs> Sounds funny, I guess. Uh, uh, but that was part of... Yeah, probably didn't smell good. Uh, so they put it under the pot, uh, so that's what, but that was the Nazar room. Okay. Mizrachis Phonis, what about the Northeast? That's where they kept the wood. That was the woodshed. Shisham, now what did you have to do in the woodshed? Didn't you just store the wood? No, not so simple. Because uh, wood gets worms in it. The, the bugs, if you uh, sometimes um, you notice, like the, if you leave wood outside uh, for any amount of time, it, it starts getting eaten up. And uh, and all of a sudden you think it's like a strong log, and you, you you know you give it a bang, and it falls into pieces because the the bugs are just eating it up from the inside and the outside. So um, what would you do in the base of English where you had all of this wood? So uh, now you're not allowed to burn worms on the mizbeach. So they had kohanim who would check the wood uh, to make sure it wasn't wormy. So and the regular kohanim we put to work. Uh, you would use the handicapped kohanim to do this. The kohanim that couldn't do the regular service, they got the worm service. They were checking for... So, kohanim balimum omdim umatliin be'etzim. And they were deworming the wood. I'm not sure if they took the worms out or they just rejected the wood. I guess they could take the worms out. Shekol et shi'esh botolas, because if you have any wood that has worms in it, 
we're not burning any worms to God. Pasul Gavim is back. doesn't go up there. So that was the special wood chamber. That was the uh, wood chamber duty over there. Okay. Svodis Maravis in the northwest. That was the leper room. You want to keep those guys separate, right? They're actually purifying themselves, but they had their own room. Uh, and uh, now, so we got three out of four chambers covered. Now, what about the southwest? Maravis Dromis. What happened in that room? Omer Reb Lozer ben Yaakov, Reb Lozer ben Yaakov said, Shechakti, I forgot. <laughs> so, I felt great about this. <laughs> wow, somebody, even a great rabbi could forget sometimes, you know. I, he said, he said I, I know they used it for something, I just don't remember what they did in that room. <laughs> right, so we're going to have somebody else who did remember, but... Uh, but the, the reason why we're bringing this is we see that the rabbi that was teaching until now was Rebbe Lozer ben Yaakov. Because otherwise, he wouldn't be saying, I forgot what was in that room. He just wouldn't raise his hand. <laughs> in other words, if, if someone else was teaching it, and he, and he said, I think, you know, he, so it, clearly he was teaching until now. And then when he got finally to this other room, he was describing every single place in the base of Igdush, and then he got to this one room. He said, I don't remember what they did over there. So clearly he was talking until now. So therefore, it gives us the license to say that, that uh, the, over there in Midos, it was Reb Lozer ben Yaakov. Uh, Abishol, he says, I remember what they had over there. He says, That's the, kept the wine and oil over there. Uh, that's where they kept, you needed to play. He had a lot of wine and oil being used in the base of Migdash. And uh, actually, that's what you, you brought your seal to that room, and you were, you were given the wine and the oil. And that was called Lishkas Bey Shamya. That's called the oil room. Uh, and uh, so the bottom line is um, you see that over there it's going like Relazim and Yaakov. And therefore, it's not, a, not a, it's not a difficulty to say there's two opinions about the location of the lamb room. Now, uh, Nemora now wants to bring other proofs to that. In other words, this is a theory that it's Relazim and Yaakov. So now the Gemara sits there, I can prove it for another reason. Hachanami, it's logical. It's none. And he's going to bring a proof. This proof is going to take us half a page. It's not so complicated, uh, but uh, we'll need a little mapping to get a better idea of what's going on. Um, there's, a paraduma was brought on the Mount of Olives uh, when they did bring the paraduma. That was, that's where it was brought. And when they shechted, paraduma is not a korban, but it, it was like a korban. It's called a chatos. It, it was extremely complicated, the paraduma. Uh, but when the Kohen did the Paraduma, he turned and, and sprinkled towards the Beis Hamikdash from the Mount of Olives, which you can go to the Mount of Olives today, and it faces the Beis Hamikdash, and he was able to see uh, into the, uh, the Beis Hamikdash, into the Hechel. So the, with the way the more now is going to try to figure out um, exactly how the line of vision worked from the mountaintop to the Beis Hamikdash. Now the problem was we had walls around the Beis Hamikdash that were pretty high, and if the walls kept you from looking into the Beis Hamikdash, how did he see from that his spot on the mountain? And so now the Gemara is going to. Uh, so uh, we had a teaching the following: Tanan Kolak Solm Shem The walls around the Beis Hamikdash were pretty tall. I mean, the truth is, you look at the coastal, you see that the walls are pretty tall, except. Except for the eastern wall, Shahakoin, the first wide line, because the Kohen that burned the Paraduma 
on the Mount of Olives, only Bahar Mishka. By the way, that's the, the Har Mishka is the Mount of Olives. The out the the, the Mishka is where you got the 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 oil, anointing oil, the the Mount oil. Umichaven, and he would have intention. Now, by the way, when we daven, we also should have intention that we're facing the Holy of Holies. And he would look towards the door, towards the entrance of the temple, when he would sprinkle the blood of the Paraduma. Uh, now, um, so now the, that's statement number one. And that's uh, uh, that the, uh, the Kohen who burnt the Paraduma, they deliberately made the wall a little lower on that side so he could see in. So now the more just wants to figure out the dynamics of the reason why. And, um, uh, and we learned the following. Most of the doors they had there were 20 high, and were 10 wide. Uh, there was, uh, we're, we're going to go through the, um, the wall, the, um, the walls that separate. Um, oh, okay, very good. Yeah, that's, yeah, this one doesn't have, uh, uh, doesn't chart that out so well. That, but that's, that's it. The, uh, um, the art scroll has a pretty good chart there. Um, it's, it's showing you which walls are between the Mount of Olives and the person, what would block his view. But So the first wall is you had what was called the Sorig. The Sorig was for the Gentiles to keep them out. There was a certain wall where that, you know, the, uh, you can't go further. Uh, and before that was the inner wall called the Chayel. Esther Amos Ushtayim. It was, uh, that was 10 Amos. And then, Ushtayim Esrei Malos Ayusham. And then you had the steps. There were steps. Uh, the base of English was built on a mountain. And so you were going up on the way in. And so we're going through, and then there were steps, and it went up and it went across. And then there was uh, 15 steps, and there were steps from the Ezra Israel to the Ezra Nashim. Again, we're just walking our way through the dimensions. There were then 22 Amas, and then there were 12 more steps. So, uh, again, we're mapping out the distance, uh, 22 amas, yeah, oh, yeah. Uh, from, the, uh, the, the, from the opening gate to the Azara. So, Rebbe Lozer ben Yaakov said, Malahaisusham, he says it was, um, uh, there was a step there, Gavoa Amma, that was an Amahai, Beducha Nosanola, and they put bleachers up there. Uh, the Ducha is, is like, I think they don't call it bleachers, they call it a platform. Um, well, we the Kohanim yeah, blessed the. An uh, armor? A foot and a half. Uh, yeah, a foot and a half. Yeah, that's uh, a pretty big step. Big old step. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. That's a pretty big step. Yeah. You can actually go on the steps outside the base of Migdash. They've uncovered them, mm-hmm. and they let you walk them. They're to the right of the Kosovo. It's like a, mm-hmm. a, a, yeah. It's like a, it's like a shot. Like you go on the steps, and uh, on the right of the of the Koso, they have the steps that are uncovered on the. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's that's just it's just uh, amazing, but you can they 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 you walk on them and they don't seem very sturdy. I mean they're old, you know, and they they're. Um, but uh, we're just talking about the steps being pretty wide. Uh, the truth is, a wide right. step you're not going to fall on. It's not like a you know because it's it, once you step on it, it's pretty wide. 
But it's just an arma wide or high? Uh, it was it was an ama high, yeah. But how wide was it? Um, I'm not sure. Yeah. So they they talk about the height looking over something for the view. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Later on, we'll get into that uh, those dimensions too. Um, so the Kohanim, uh, when they say get up to go today, uh, it became the vernacular. They call it duchanim. They go duchan. Uh, but it, it means because they used to stand on the platform when they blessed the people. This was like a, um, and it would say bleachers, the, the Hasidim, they have like a bleachers that they stand on when they, uh, um, uh, they go to a tish, right? And so it's actually something like that, that they would stand, like a platform you would, they would stand on to bless the people. Uh, so, but that, he says that's where the platform was. And then there were three steps that were a half amma. So, um, so, um, Again, that's just a discussion of the dimensions. So if you want to say, that it goes like Rebbe Lozabin Yaakov, so um, that's why they had to lower the wall so that you would have uh, be able to see in. But if you're going to say it's like the Rabbanin, and it's not like that opinion, you wouldn't have needed to lower the walls because... According to the other opinion, it would have been high enough without uh, lowering the wall to see in. So it's not really forced. Again, it's, that's really a second proof that the Mishnah and Midos follows Rulazim and Yaakov. The first one was, he said over there, I don't know what was going on in that room. And so you see he was clearly leading the discussion. And then the second one is that uh, they, it says over there that they lowered the walls to make sure that the Kohen who did the Paraduma could see in. And so that would work out like Rebbe Lozab and Yaakov's dimensions of the, of the size of the, of the, of the steps and the, and the uh, whereas according to the other opinion, that wouldn't have been necessary. Okay. Uh, so uh, that's one theory about the author of the Mishnah over there. So now the Gemara says, uh, wants to challenge that. You know, again, you have to prove things. You can't just suggest them. If you say, if you say it, it, it's true, it might be, but you've got to prove it. So uh, there was another opinion out there. And so Ravada Barabbas says, you know, who says it's Rebbe Lezer and Yaakov? Maybe it's Rebbe Yehuda. Uh, why? The Tanya, what did Rebbe Yehuda have to say? Uh, there's a question exactly where the altar was con- uh, compared to the room. Um, uh, the, the altar, was it to the side or was it in the middle? And the difference is... Is that what he was looking at from Mount of Olives? The altar? No, he was looking past it, actually. Oh. I'm not so happy with his uh, pictures. Um, this kind of, sh- uh, this is the altar here. The question is if the altar would block the heichel, the entrance to the heichel. Um, Altar's where? You're looking? You're looking down on it from the sky. He, oh. he, he's, the question is if this would block the oh. entrance over here, oh. depending on is it in the and middle. The amount of olives would be at the bottom of the page. Then. Yeah, see if it's in the, in the middle... Then, uh, no, I don't know where, which side is coming, but um, the Mount of Olives is down here, and he's looking up. So if the altar's in the middle, it's going to block the, the view it's over there. Yeah, right, it's too right. tall. So he has to see the Hechel. He has to see the Hechel, right, because that's where he, he's sprinkling towards the Holy of Holies. And so the, the, we were trying to work that out. So we were assuming that it was uh, that relative of Yaakov, the more wants to say, that actually, uh, it might work out like Rebbe Huda. What did Rebbe Huda say? He learned, 
He says it was in the middle. So there's actually a whole discussion about where the Mizbeach was. Um, a, a lot so of this... saying it, it was in the middle, which would block the, the Jews from the blood. Sort of, or you might have one Abba that you might have one little I'll part that you could see. Line. Yeah, that, so um, uh, today, we, the question today is locating the Mizbeach. And that's a real problem. In other words, today, if we knew where the Mizbeach was, there's some services you could do, even though we don't have a Mizbeach, if you knew the location. So if we could establish beyond a doubt exactly where we could probably bring Korban Pesach, because uh, you could sprinkle towards it even without it being there. Um, and so, yeah, absolutely. Well, uh, uh, well, there are people that are working on that. <laughs> so, uh, but uh, but uh, the, the question really, and the archaeologists have fun with this, to try to figure out exactly uh, where everything was. In other words, uh, we think like the Dome of the Rock was the area where the, where the Holy of Holy was. But it's, there is some discussion exactly depending on... But what we're starting to see here is that even in, uh, after the Beis Hamidish was destroyed, mm-hmm. there were already debates about where everything was. What's the Dome of the Rock? The gold. Oh, that's that big giant. Oh, the temple that's up there. Right, and that's so. That's called? Yeah. Yeah. Right, so and then also today there are people that feel that it would be very special spiritually to go as close to as we could to the temple area, and it, it, there are places where we could go a lot closer, if the Arabs would let. Uh, but the question also though is, how do you know exactly where you can go safely? We're not pure. So where can you go safely, and it's a mitzvah to go, and where do you go, and you're going against the will of Hashem and, and doing a sin? So this is why today there's big controversy about that, uh, because of the, um, there's some people that want to go politically, because they want to like uh, show the Arabs that you're not the boss over here, and um, uh, they create problems because they don't really follow the halacha of knowing where exactly to go. Uh, and but I, I just want to show you that it's complicated because there's multiple opinions about where to go, and then you have to match what we know today with what, uh, with what they had then and try to figure out. It, it still hasn't been fully figured out exactly what is what, is what I'm trying to say. So it's pretty, uh, it's pretty risky to go up there and let, you know, and know exactly. There are some things that, there are certain places that you could go and even today be sure that you weren't, you know, standing in the... But uh, the, it's difficult because those that go up aren't really the experts. They are more, the, today, the people that go up, you're not supposed to risk your life. Uh, for, you're not supposed to risk uh, violence in order to go up there. And those that go up do risk violence. There's always violence when they go up. Uh, and so the, most of them are not, um, not from the strong religious camp because the religious camp would say, you know, if there's going to be a riot and there's going to be... Uh, you know, where Jews are going to get hurt, then, uh, then don't go up. And, and then also what happens is they need guards to go with them, to rescue them if they get stoned. And those guards all have walkie-talkies and they all have... Uh, they're talking about on Shabbos and Yontif, and it's, so it's like, a, it's complicated. Yeah. The, uh, the, um, but it goes on today as we speak that they, these groups go up there. But, um, I mean, you could spend a lot of time in Argamora and be able to give them directions where you could go, you know, to try to figure out. You can go this far and not that far. You can go up these steps, but not up the, you know, and it's, uh, uh, but uh, they're still hoping, though. The good news is that 
the archaeology gets better. They just, you know, they discover more things. They are able to narrow if uh, together with the, what we have in Argamor exactly where the the areas stand. In other words, the more we discover, the easier it should be to narrow down our options for this is probably where the it stood, and this is probably because it's it's the, it's the same place. We have the we have the Mount of Olives, and we have the Vase of Migdash, and we have the Kosal Maravi, and so. Um, now it was remodeled a few times. You know, the, the the area that we have was remodeled by Herod. That makes it a little complicated because uh, he changed things a little bit. So he wasn't the original architect, so to speak. So, but anyways, let's finish off. So uh, the question now is, who who does it go like? And we're saying it actually goes like Rabbi Huda. Tanya Rabbi Huda Omar Mizbeim. He says it was in the middle. Beim says over and it was thirty-two amas big as we turn the page by ten amas connected near the entrance. Yeshom, Yud Aleph Am, 11 Amas into the north, and 11 to the south. Nimsa, Mizbeach, Mekuvan, Keneged, Hechel. So actually, according to his view, the Mizbeach was like kind of blocking the Hechel, the Hechel of the Kotzlov. Now, um, his, Rabbi Huda, he has it in the middle. Yeah, if you look at Pete's picture there, you see it's like, it's right there. In other words, um, the, the first view we had the Mizbeach wasn't blocking the Hechel, it was to the side of it. Mm-hmm. That view has it that the Mizbeach is right there by the Hechel. These look at Dynamitis Reb Yehuda, and if it was following Reb Yehuda, Mizbeach, but Emsa Zorami, it wouldn't be in the middle. But Tanan, it wasn't big enough. The whole length of the Azor was, Orach Mea was 187, Al Rocha Mea Vishloshim Vakamish by 135, Mena Mizrach from east to west was Mayavishmon Vishava, Malcolm Jerusalem Israel. You had the area where the Israelim could go. Uh, most of that area, if you were Israel, you would be able to go. And then you had the eleven Amas, Malcolm Jerusalem, the, the only the Kohanim could go. You'd all have Mizbeach, and then you had the eleven Amas and the Mizbeach. And you had thirty two Amas in between the antechamber and the Mizbeach Esmishtaim, the Hekel Kufan was hundred Amas. And then you had eleven Amas behind the Hekel, Minadarm the Safan. And from north to south, it was 135. And then you had the ramp, and the Mizbeach was 62. And then you had the rings. The rings were where they kept the animals uh, um, uh, from running away. And then you had the tables where you, uh, when the animals were shechted, you put them on the tables. And and then you had four ambas between the tables and the rings, uh, the rings were where you held them, Arba Menenosim, and then to the wall, at Azorah, Chesamas, Vamoser ben Kosla Kosla, Omakam Nanisim, and if you add it all, um, that we're going through again the length of the space. Now, what is the, what, why do we do that? The Esau Kadaita Midas Rabbi Yehuda, and if you're saying it goes like Rabbi Yehuda, it wouldn't be in the, in the middle, it had to be to the side. It's clearly in the south. Like uh, Rabbi Yehuda, uh, so El Alav. As we turn to tomorrow's I page, I thought Rabbi Yehuda said it was in the center. No, um, so you see this, Rabbi Ben Rabbi Yehuda said the Mizbech was. Uh, he said a Mizbech Mamutzva Omid Emsa. He said it was in the middle. So, um, yeah, it, he said uh, right. He said it was in the center, and this teaching uh, the Gemara and Midos would have it to the side. Because of the dimensions. Because of the dimensions. So clearly it's not Rebbe Yehuda. Oh, that's what I thought. Okay. Yeah. Uh, that's what and if it's not Rebbe Yehuda, it's got to be Rebbe Lezim and Yaakov. So, uh, he says that it's uh, Right. So we, uh, just to bring around where we started, we had this contradiction about where the Lamb Room was. 
And uh, we said, no problem. There's two main views. And that follows Rebbe ben Yaakov. And uh, over there, that's, uh, that Midos was found with Rebbe ben Yaakov. So basically, we showed uh, several places in Midos where it indicates that it's Rebbe ben Yaakov. Then Gomorrah threw out, maybe it's Rebbe Yehuda. And then Gomorrah is saying, no, because Rebbe Yehuda holds the Mizbech was in the middle. And if you look at the dimensions over there, it doesn't work out to be in the middle. So it sounds actually much more complicated than it is as far as what it's teaching. We're just coming out, it's not Rabbi Yehuda. Rashi here has a whole other view of the dimensions um, about how, in other words, if you, we just read the dimensions, but if you map it out, uh, the, it comes out kind of interesting how, how it works and whether it could be in the middle or whether part of it was not in the middle. And uh, Rashi uses the word, in my heart, it doesn't sit with me. <laughs> In other words, he did, there was a, uh, something that just didn't fit perfectly well. But uh, we will stop here. Uh, if you get a chance, take a look at one of the diagrams. Like I said, it'll, uh, it, you know, you, when you see it in the diagram, you see exactly what the Gemara is talking about, where the altar is located.